It is Locked On Jazz for the 6th of July. Toughness, sacrifice, passion. Will Hardy sets the table for what's expected from the Utah Jazz in his opening press conference. We talk about it. Summer League, night one. One to forget, quite frankly, for the Utah Jazz as they played a pro team in the Thunder. And Antonio Daniels, NBA insider for Locked On, talks Rudy Gobert trade with us. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked On Jazz. Boom! You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, Geeky numbers and hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan each and every day. Thanks so very much for tuning in to Locked on Jazz today and making us your first listen. We are free and available on all podcast apps for you. Spotify, Apple, Odyssey, whatever it might be. Also available on YouTube. And if you care to give us a five-star review or give us a thumbs up, it's greatly appreciated and super helpful for the show. Today's show is brought to you by Arcade One Up. Arcade One Up and Locked On are partnering together for three free NBA Jam Shack machines. That's right, three. These are the guys for making the incredible retro three-quarter scale at home arcade games like Pac-Man, Golden Tee, and many more. Enter to win at arcade1up.com slash locked on. That's arcade1up.com slash locked on for your chance to win one of the Shaq edition. All right, so Will Hardy set the table. Toughness, structure, or sacrifice, and passion. He wants a deeply competitive team. He wants a team that deals with adversity. And he wants a group that understands that it's bigger than an individual and gets out of their comfort zone. Ryan did a nice job at utahjazz.com writing about it. If you want to read some more about it, the press conference is actually available at utahjazz.com as well. You know, and couple that with two major feature stories, one by Eric Walden in the uh, Salt Lake Tribune, and Chris uh, wrote one in The Athletic. There's a lot of Will Hardy content out there, including this crazy story that he actually interned for the Utah Jazz when in between his junior and senior year at Williams in the business operations of the NBA. So really interesting um, kind of path that he ends up, you know, not that much later with a, uh, with himself getting to be the head coach of the Utah Jazz at 34 years old. The, the age question, he was great with it. He said, I'm fine with it. Like I'm fine. That I'm 34. Here's the, here's the, so he, there's two sides to this story, right? There's what Will Hardy wanted to get across to everybody yesterday about what he believes jazz basketball is going to be in his opening press conference. And then there's all of the pieces of the puzzle that are being written about in the feature stories. And then I thought there was a third thing that came out yesterday that was really interesting, which was some insight on the search. So let's address those three things. As I said, Hardy says toughness, sacrifice, passion. Great. You know, the key on any of these 
catchphrase words when you're running a company or you're running a team is then what are the specifics like so what does toughness mean is that getting into defenders is that mental toughness what is that and specifically how are you teaching that what is sacrifice right and frankly you know we didn't sacrifice well last year frankly we didn't do any of these things well last year and so they are great phrases we didn't sacrifice we weren't out of our comfort zone we weren't bigger than the individual we didn't deal with adversity certainly in the fourth quarter of games and frankly, our group wasn't deeply competitive. Like it was, it was not a great year for us last year. So when you, when you look at us, toughness, sacrifice, passion, toughness, you know, sacrifice is going to be everything from, you know, giving up of yourself on the defensive end and not having as much energy on the offensive end as it is going to be to, you know, not getting 17 shots a game, but getting 15, right? We certainly had my turn going on. I thought outrageously. I thought much less talked more. I saw more my turn stuff last year than was talked about, frankly. And I, you know, I thought there was more of that um, frustratingly as I watched game two of the playoffs. I thought, you know, that that took place. Um, And then passion. And I think the thing about passion goes back to me to like, from a jazz standpoint of the George Niang, the Derek Favors, who create an environment in the building, Will Hardy and his staff's going to have to do it, that make it so that you love coming to work. I've been around these teams for the last few years. There have been years where you can tell the guys want to be there, and you can tell there's years where there's enough characters in the building that are energy sucks that you, that they're, that you don't want to be there, right? You want to create an environment I just uh, in which there's a juice and an energy and an excitement to being in the building. And they lost that last year. And largely, I think that's where they lost George and they lost Derek. They lost some of that inside of that group. So as this roster gets filled out, and we don't know much about Jared Vanderbilt, Malik Beasley, and Patrick Beverly does seem to like, you know, Minnesota people are super worried about the loss of Patrick Beverly. Because Patrick Beverly was this energy juice, this energy bus to the... Minnesota Timberwolves that got guys that frankly had never played hard in their career to play hard because he was playing so hard that all the other guys had to follow. So toughness, sacrifice, passion, great words. Now how and what does it mean and what are the details and how do you walk them to it and so they know what it is and Will will do that. Deeply competitive. Deal with adversity bigger than individuals out of the comfort zone. That was Will Hardy's message. The other angle was all these stories about Will Hardy and who is it. And, the, and, the, and he said some of this yesterday too. He wants to build up personal capital. Everything you read about Will Hardy and every story that's being written is about a guy who's a people person who's a connector. Steve Kerr called him an all-star in Eric Walden's piece. Um, you know, the video coordinator job um, and his work up is his basketball knowledge. You know, that's one-on-one with Pop, according to all reports, is when you have that job. But his his... Talking about a super high emotional intelligence, a great feel for people, a connector. The story about him at Williams being connected to the 60-year-old former coach AD and then that leading to his pop job, I think super important that like that's the guy who's connecting. There's a story in Eric Walden's piece about his their new head coach at Williams. They're on a trip to Italy as a team. The coach doesn't even know him and Will's organizing everything. Um there's that. Steve Kerr talks about this really incredible experience that they had while he was on USA Basketball, which we'll have to dig in more with Will. It sounds amazing. So they're at the Tokyo Hotel with USA Basketball 
and it's the pandemic and they can't leave. So they're stuck for 19 straight days in the Tokyo Hilton. And it literally is him, Steve Kerr, Greg Popovich, M.A. Udoka. I'm forgetting one of the other coaches. Might've been Monty Williams. There's like seven of them. And they're just basically stuck in a hotel talking with each other and basketball for 19 days. And he's with Pop and Kerr. Pretty incredible. Uh, So that jumps out in all of those stories. The last thing that I thought was most interesting about the press conference yesterday was a little insight into the search and what it means for the organization going forward. So I'll be honest, I had this feeling that like Danny Gange comes in, he's the CEO, he's got these years of experience. (laughs) The staff, frankly, is a bunch of guys, excuse me, the staff is a bunch of guys who are Dennis Lindsay people, right? So, you know, if you look... Justin Zank's GM, but like the tiers under that are almost all people that were hired by Dennis, including Dennis's son in that group of people, Marquise and Bart Taylor. They're super talented, but they're all, they're, they're all stem from the beginning of where Dennis was there. And so my, my thought on that is, does this lead to, you know, in some way, shape or form, does this lead to Danny, Danny's is kind of doing this search. Exact opposite seems to have happened. The committee was nine and it included Steve Schwartz. It included Bart Taylor, included uh, Marquise. It included Chuck Terrell, who was hired last year, who's out of Nike for 20 years. And it included um, their international scout, uh, Luca. It included everyone. And so what that does is a few different things to me that are super interesting. One is... When everyone started calling around about the candidates, you have nine different people calling with lots of different people. You're touching a lot of tentacles out there in the search. And the fact that Will came back kind of universally on that super good sign. What I think is more important is that it now means that those nine guys have actually dealt with Will Hardy already. Will Hardy's dealt with them, which gives a level of connectivity before the seat he even starts here. And maybe most importantly, and even Danny said this in the press conference, is that Danny Ainge dealt with these nine people. Danny Ainge really hadn't had a chance to immerse himself into this front office and learn about this front office and find out how good Bart Taylor is and find out how good Marquise Newman is and all the other guys too. I'm just using names that you probably don't know yet. And they and so this was an opportunity for Danny to kind of learn who these guys are, see their insights, see what their questions were, see what their points of view were, see what they shared, see how open they were going to be. All this kind of, it's a huge step forward for this version of the organization that both Danny Ainge was able to work with this crew and evaluate the front office and figure out what he has or doesn't have and what gaps he needs to fill, but also what he has in regards to, you know, who he likes. And then second one of that that's equally as important is that Will Hardy dealt with all these people. So he comes in and sees that's a part of the organization rather than anything separate. And I I think that's a subtle little thing that came out in yesterday's press conference, but to me was actually the biggest takeaway um, of the day because it gave me some insight of where where the company in the organization is going and how it's being built. And I think it's a really positive sign. So that's probably a little bit of a different take than you expected, but, um, We'll see. All right. Um, That is, last night was our first summer league game and it was ugly. And we'll talk about it um, coming up here in a second. Today's show is brought to you by Arcade One Up. It is your chance to win the Shaq edition. Boom! Shaka laka! 
NBA Jam is back bigger and better than ever with no quarters required, still no fouls and no free throws. You compete with friends and family through the all-new Wi-Fi leaderboards (coughs) as well, making you more connected than ever. Pre-order now from Arcade1Up. That's Arcade1Up.com for an estimated early September ship date. They've got more classics like Golden Tee, Mortal Kombat, many others. Go to NBA, go to, excuse me, go to, Go to arcade1up.com slash locked on to enter your chance to win the NBA Jam Shack Edition. You have until July 8th to enter. Don't miss out. Enter today at arcade1up.com slash locked on for your chance to win the Shack Edition. Today's show is also brought to you by Intercap Lending. Steve Carter is our own personal loan officer at Intercap. And if you've talked to any locked on people that have used Steve Carter, they will all relay the exact same thing to you, which is this amazing, incredible experience of somebody who's diligent, covers all details, absolutely uh, thorough, and gets you through the process, which I can attest to because, frankly... Let's be honest. I'm not kind of the personality that detail-oriented and is going to get those things done. So he had to get it done for me. He's done it twice for us. He did our CEO as well. Intercap Lending is a hyper-responsive. They embrace change. The borrower experience is terrific. They're headquartered in Utah and they continue to grow. Why? Because they get loans done. Intercap Lending, NMLS number 190465. For more information, visit intercaplending.com. Steve Carter is our own personal loan officer. He can help you through this kind of weird time we're in right now. You can give him a call at 385-800-8528. That's 385-800-8528. Or you can email him dire- email me directly at dlock09 at gmail.com. And I'll set you up with a personal meeting with him. Make sure if you call directly, you do tell him that you're locked on jazz. You get the corporate discount. And please keep me in the loop and let me know how it goes because I love the Steve Carter stories. They're always good. Like this is actually just totally self-serving. Keep me in the loop because Steve Carter has yet to ever have anyone say anything other than amazing things. And it's wonderful when we at Locked On can give you an amazing, amazing experience. Uh, So that's Intercap Lending. Feel free to email me directly at dlock09 at gmail.com. All right, so last night was a little ugly for the Jazz in their first preseason game or summer league game of the year. Um, you know, uh, and it, you know, I, I'm not gonna like we're not gonna fret over it, but um, and really, it's probably about as tough a matchup as you possibly can get, um, in the sense that it is a Thunder team that probably was close to their starting lineup other than Lou Dort. Like, I don't... I mean, Josh Giddy's going to start. Chad Holmgren's going to start. Lou Dort's going to start. And I'm not... And Pope, and I don't know they're not... Uh, like, Jeremiah Robinson Earl might start. So, to some extent, you actually played not one of the better NBA teams, but you played an NBA team last night. <laughs> like, Trey Mann, who was in health and safety protocol... Um, is probably would be in that group, maybe. I mean, if they're really going to just run them all out there. So that's not a great uh, setup for us. Chet Holmgren was incredible. Um, Well, you know, the question on him is still going to be how physically he can handle 82-game rigor. There was never a question about his talent. He's amazing. Um, And I'll tell you what. We saw last night the number one trend in this league, and we'll talk about it more later in the week. Seven foot one ball handlers. And I think this is the biggest trend 
6'10 and taller, 6'9 and taller ball handlers. And this is the future of the NBA. I'll, well, I'll set more time aside because Antonio Daniels is going to join us here in just a second. NBA insider for Lockdown and SiriusXM to talk about the trade. So I don't want to bury it. So, you know, first thing is we just didn't shoot straight. And what the Jazz have done is they've gotten a bunch of veteran guys in the sense of the, you know, non-rookies. So Xavier Sneed, if you kind of look at the Jazz roster in, in this, Xavier Sneed is 24. James Palmer Jr. is 25. Vic Law is 26. Caleb Hornsby is, uh, Hornsley, excuse me, is um, 25. And Usher, Jordan Usher, um, is probably the youngest of the group, but he went to college for five years. So Usher, we don't really know about yet. The others have all kind of had their shot not probably not made it because they don't shoot it great. Like that's kind of the issue, right? There's something. And so now the question is, can they be good enough athletically? Can they make enough plays defensively that they can, and they can then learn how to shoot. So the fact that our guys went 10 of 29 from three is not surprising. Sneed goes two of seven, two of six from three, but you like his aggressiveness getting the line 12 times. Vic Law goes one of 12 shooting, which isn't great. One of two from three. Um, he was a top 70 college recruit. He was top five in the Big Ten and threes and then all defensive team. And he averaged 20 points a game in, in his limited time in the for the Magic in the G League in the bubble. So, you know, that's, there's a chance, like he's, there's pieces on all these guys. Uh, James Palmer, top 100 recruit out of high school. He dropped 40 for Aqua Caliente in the G League. He averages 17 points a game. He played in the Polish League last year. Like he's got a chance. Um, to, in Dimed out two assists. Um, last night, uh, Hornsley hit two of five from three, five, nine. He was probably had the best offensive box score line. He didn't, his minus 25 is not great. He's a guy who's had two torn ACLs and has kind of tried to get it back underneath him strength in that way. So these are interesting. And then Usher has got the best body of the group. Usher is six, seven, two twenty. The other guys are all a little smaller horns. Uh, uh, sorry, there's no R there. It's, it's Holmesley. Um, do I have it? Nope, that's how I have it. No, I have it with an R. I I saw the M as R N and it's H O M E S. Holmesley um is six six two oh five and Usher is six seven two twenty. So they probably have the two best bodies of the group. And so it'll be interesting to see, you know, whether they can play it out. From Jared Butler's standpoint, that was disappointing. Like we need we'd like Jared Butler to play a lot better than he did in that game. He's playing with new players. Thurl talked about it a lot in the broadcast. He's playing with new players. He's playing in different circumstances. He's trying to do different things. You know, what the Jazz really want to see out of him is making quick decisions. They want to see him playing uh, tough defense, engaged defense. You know, whether he shoots it and makes his shots is probably the least important of all the things when we're talking about Jared Butler and and this uh, summer league, but whether he can play it... The, Everything right now, he gets it, it stops, it holds. He's got to dribble it. He's got to make his play. Like, you want to see him move it, keep it going, keep the pace going, keep the offense moving, making reads out of the pick and roll quickly and authoritative passes to people that can get, you know, the next play available. That was not a great start for him um, in the summer. We, we'd like to see him play a lot better um, than he played. And he probably knows. And it's and it's awkward. But, you know, frankly, as a guy who, who comes in with expectations, I know he was only a 40th pick, and but we've all placed him as higher than that. Like, this is a setting where he should be clearly, obviously, one of the most talented players on the floor. And that wasn't the case 
uh, for him last night. So that that was probably uh, the most obvious aspect of it. So we'll see tonight. It's against, you know, playing. Now he'll play some guys that aren't as um, aren't as terrific, and I think that'll be helpful uh, to him. Today's show is brought to you by Bet Online. If you're looking, Antonio Daniels, by the way, coming up next will be great. His viewpoints on the trade, his viewpoint on the Jazz, a little debate back and forth. Great uh, NBA expert. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. Find all your latest sports developments, league reviews, news, including this year's Major League Baseball. Bet Online is a continued source for all your sports wagering, live betting, esports. Get it all at Bet Online. Head to the website today. Use your mobile device to find out more. Also, the NBA odds. I posted it up on Twitter yesterday. I thought this was interesting. Here's where if you take their championship odds, to be indicators, here's what they have for the East. Boston, Milwaukee, Miami, and the Sixers is the top four. I think we would all agree with that. Nets and Raptors tied at 5-6. Bulls at 7. Hawks at 8. So the Hawks make this big DeJounte Murray trade and still look to be playing in the play-in game, according to Eastern Conference odds. Cavs 9, Hornets Knicks 10-11, Wizards 12, Pistons Pacers Magic. Um Pacers might be up to something. Keep an eye on that on that today. Um, in the West, Bet Online has Phoenix, Golden State. The Phoenix assuming they're going to get Durant clearly. Golden State, Clippers, Lakers assuming they're going to get Kyrie clearly. Nuggets, then Mavericks, Grizzlies, Wolves. By the way, Knicks do the Jalen Brunson thing and they might not even make the play in. Mavericks sit at six, seven, eight with the Wolves. Pelicans nine, Blazers ten, Jazz eleven out of the play in. Thunder, Kings, Spurs, Rockets at twelve. Or Rockets at 15. So interesting to see those lines from Bet Online. Go visit it all now at betonline.net. Today's show is also brought to you by Rock Auto. Why spend 30, 50, or even 100% more for the same parts in chain stores or car dealerships? Honda Odyssey fuel pump, 353 from a chain store, just 216 from Rock Auto. So with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain store to keep up with all the stock. And Instead, go to rockauto.com and see the maximum amount of options. It's a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. It's an old-school, simple-to-navigate website. No flash, no pizzazz at all. You'll see where you're saving your money, and you can go get everything from a carpet to a brake parts to tail lamps to motor oil to windshield wipers to deaf to whatever you might need. So go explore the easy-to-use website today and find your solution for your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in the How Did You Hear About Us section. That's locked on in the box in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Thanks so much for making Locked On your first listen of the day. For your second listen today, make sure you tune in to Locked On NBA for all the latest news, rumors, and national news. 30 minutes or less updating you on the entire day of the NBA. Joined now on Locked On Jazz by Antonio Daniels, Locked On NBA Insider, Sirius XM host, Pelicans analyst, former longtime NBA player, Bowling Green. Was that actually with Sonics that I covered for a while because I'm that old? Uh, and he is a surprise to no one who covered him that he is now one of the best analysts in the NBA. AD, all good in your offseason? Oh, I can't complain, man. I am extremely blessed, David. Hope you're doing all right as well. You may think that Zion Williams signing a max deal with the Pelicans is the biggest news story, but the Jazz fans would say that the Rudy Gobert to the Minnesota trade is the biggest deal thus far of the season. What's your take on this trade? 
from which side? Because I think you have to look at this from both sides, from the Utah Jazz side or the Minnesota Timberwolves side. I love it for Minnesota. I'm going to be honest with you. I love it for Minnesota. What Minnesota did is they pushed all their chips into the middle of the table. They felt like Rudy Gobert was the missing defensive piece to get them over the top. And I love when teams do that. That shows that they have a clear-cut, definitive plan as to what they want to do. They, Utah got, a, got rid of a lot. You know what I mean? They got a lot in return. Like, if you think about it, they got essentially five first-round picks to go along with three players that were core pieces as far as being in the rotation goes for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Now the question you ask yourself as a Utah Jazz fan is, what's the plan moving forward for Utah? Because I can tell you this, David, this is the one thing that I know. I have spent the last three years talking about the fact that Zion Williamson wants to be in New Orleans. And I've been saying for quite some time now, the, the national media has a problem with big stars in small markets for whatever reason. I don't know the reason and rationale as to why. They, if for some reason, they don't like big stars in small markets. You know what Utah has? Utah has a big star in a small market. So now that Zion has signed the extension, hey, now hey, that's off the table. You want me to tell you why that is? Do tell. Because mm -hmm. generally, so re recently, the big market teams, namely the Knicks, have sucked. And so their writers have nothing else to write about. But what is the next star that wants to go to a suboptimal, poor-performing franchise that happens to be in a large market? Mm -hmm. And you know why. what? And the Your guy is the next guy. Oh, Your no guy is the next guy. Donovan Mitchell will now become the next guy that the national media will talk about. He needs to go somewhere to a bigger market. So now that Zion Williamson and that extension is done and the Zion talk is off the table, whether or not he will be in New Orleans or not New Orleans, the next guy on that list is Donovan Mitchell. Getting rid of Rudy Gobert, trading Rudy Gobert, getting back the draft picks, getting back the Patrick Beverly's, the Malik Beasley's, those kind of guys. Now you ask yourself, moving forward, does Donovan Mitchell want to be a part? Will he welcome being a part of the rebuilding process? Well, it'll be interesting to see what they do with those picks, right? Like, that's the thing. I think that the situation for the Jazz, from from my angle on this, is mm -hmm. they, they gave up an unbelievable player. Like, I, I don't know, like, there's kind of still this whole element of the national media that wants to kind of bash Rudy. I, I think he's one of the 10 most, probably one of the 10 best, but one of the 10 most impactful right. players in okay. the NBA. So, so I think he's terrific. So, but they didn't have options. They have anywhere to go. They had no draft picks. They had no cap space. They now have cap space. They now have draft picks. They at least have options on how on how they on what their next move is. Now, is it Donovan moves in the year like all these writers say? Is it that they use these picks to fill in around Donovan? I don't know. But they have routes now. They didn't even have the Robert Frost choice starting the day before the Rudy trade. They they just had one route and they were stuck. But here's my issue with that though, David. I think you're 100% right. If you don't have financial flexibility, this is why a, pan, a plan needs to be in place prior to. So if you don't have financial flexibility, this is the issue that I've had with the Utah Jazz. I felt like they bid against themselves. Well, they so, re-signed Royce O'Neal, Joe Ingles, signed their favors, re-signed Jordan Clarkson, re-signed Mike mm -hmm. Conley. At some point, you can't do all, all of those things. 
without but you also Rudy. gave you also gave Rudy Gobert 250 million dollars so that's what I mean when I say they bid against themselves. I understand, and I am all for a team taking care of their own. If you want, you have the band together and you want to keep that band together, I'm all in favor of doing that. If that's what you feel is the right thing to do and that's what's going to get you over the hump, I get that. But when you bid against yourself for Rudy Gobert, regardless as to what you think he's worth, if everybody else in the NBA doesn't think that he's worth that, why bid against yourself at that price is my question. I'm going to end them a little bit on that one in this sense. Unless I've missed it, Rudy Gobert is the only player in the NBA that was super max eligible that didn't take super max. Rudy Gobert was super max eligible and didn't take the full super. I don't mm -hmm. think any other players done that. So while... I understand your point. They're bidding against themselves. The market had dictated that Supermax was the conversation point because that's what was available by winning defense player of the year and being all NBA. And so the Jazz were kind of boxed into that's where the discussion mm -hmm. point had started. And the fact that they got less than Supermax, I actually think they did bid it down about as far as they could go without him saying, Okay, but here's the thing. I, I and, and that's a great point. That's a fantastic point. But when you are in a small market, there are two things that you have to do no matter what. It, it's unavoidable. You have to hit on the draft. So yep. your draft picks have to be right. And you have to be willing to overpay to keep guys there. Yep. Because guys are talking about going to New York and, and Brooklyn and LA and the Clippers and the Lakers and Miami and Chicago and all these big markets. When you are in a small market, a lot of times, and you see it all the time with different small markets throughout the course of the league, they will, one, hit on the draft, and two, you're going to have to overpay free agents to keep them there. So I get that. I, I grasp the concept of keeping and overpaying Rudy Gobert to keep him there. Then it's different because if that's what you're willing to do, and then a year or two after paying him, you don't have Like, keep going, keep going, keep going. We got you. Oh, no, we don't have you. I can't hear you again. The audio, the audio went again. You can hear me, but I can't hear you. One second, he says. He's going to click back in. And we'll have him with the crux of his argument. There you yeah, go. Got you. I can hear you. All right. So when, okay. when we were with you, when you pay all those guys and then you've got your team formed, you were about to say then what you got to do. So yeah, that, that's the part that's difficult is when you overpay those guys to keep those guys there and then you have your team together and everything is great. And then a year or two after paying those guys, you don't have any financial flexibility moving forward. That's where the problem comes in. Right. And the difficulty, you know, I'm, I made a list of guys they signed I mean, critically because, frankly, the other For thing sure. when you can't sign free agents, you have to re-sign your own talent. What you really That's have right. to do is this is the, here's the nasty thing: you really have to re-sign your own talent and trade them because if you don't have if you've gotten good, you don't have very good draft picks, and if you've traded those draft picks as we did for Mike Conley on some of those cases, and we all had to get traded one to get rid of Derek Favors' contract later, but you when you trade those picks, really then what you have to do is re sign your own players so that you can trade
trade them to get other assets. And that gets kind of nasty, but that's the reality or, of the small market. Let me ask you this or, about the Jazz. Okay. Could they – everything's so – the margin is so slim right now, right? The Warriors were just that's a little true. bit better. Memphis was a little bit – it's so slim. Do you think the Jazz could have, for a fifth time, rolled back the Gobert Mitchell and just tried to – or, or do you think that it run its course? I think it ran its course. I, I'm not going to lie, David. When the Utah Jazz lost this year on our SiriusXM radio show when we discussed it, the first thing I said is changes are coming. Whether that means head coach Quinn Snyder will no longer be there next year, Donovan Mitchell won't be there next year, Rudy Gobert won't be there next year, but this is the blueprint of a team that underachieves year after year after year. The blueprint is this. They underachieve a little bit, and then you, the hopes are high for next year, and they underachieve, and then the hopes are high, and they somewhat underachieve. The next thing you know, when you start having the conversation of has it ran its course, that means it's ran its course. Even when you begin that conversation, that usually means that it's ran its course. And it seems like Quinn Snyder felt like he had done all that he can do. And like you said, now it comes to a point where you hire a new coach, and this is the thing when you hire a new coach. Every time you hire a new coach, you're starting over. You are completely starting over with a new offensive system, new defensive schemes, a new culture, everything. So now you bring in head coach Will Hardy. What if he doesn't want to play the way that head coach Quinn Snyder played? What if he wants to play smaller and faster and be more versatile defensively? Now that leaves Rudy Gobert out in no man's land. So when you things are starting to run their course and you make those moves and you make those changes and now you get rid of your head coach or excuse me, your head coach steps down. Now you bring in a new head coach. Now everything has to start over from block one. Here's what's interesting. I know from, I feel from my sourcing on this one. They didn't go off season necessarily say they had to trade Rudy. For sure. Like, Agreed. I think they went to the off season knowing they had to change. And my take on what happened from that is two things. We ran around the league with Royce O'Neal, Boyan Bogdanovich, Mike Conley, Jordan Clarkson, and they didn't, they didn't get a lot. Like, oh, we're not right. going to change the roster. And then Minnesota came after Rudy. The other people that came after Rudy, from what I understand, came kind of pretty, hey, you got to move him. Like, like, no, we don't, we don't have to move. Minnesota mm -hmm. came in a package. At that point, when Conley, Bogdanovich, O'Neal, or Clarkson isn't yielding you anything, you don't have draft picks to move, and you don't have cap space. This is what grow? you got to do, and seems to me a pretty good haul considering that was your circumstance. Right, and, and I cannot agree with you more. Because when you go into the offseason understanding, changes have to be made somewhere along the line. Well, first, we always know the first change is usually at the top with the, at the head coaching position, usually whether it's a guy being fired or like Quinn Snyder did and stepping away. Then you start to look at your stars because your stars will bring the most back in return. Like, I get it. You can make little, little trades here and there, you know, Royce O'Neal going to Brooklyn. I, I get that. But listen, I know this because I was a role player for 13 years. Role players don't bring back enough to move the needle. They don't. They don't bring back enough to move the needle. Stars do, though. When you are maxing guys out, Guys, like you said, that are super max eligible, guys that are three-time defensive player of the year, guys that lead the NBA in blocks year after year after year, those guys will get you something in return. So if you don't like where you are in the present, now it's time to start 
focusing on the future. And that's what the Utah Jazz have done. All right, let me ask you one last question, AD, uh, before we before we move on. And I just want to go back to Minnesota because we all love – I think everyone in Utah still loves Rudy. He was really ours and mm-hmm. I think had a connection to him. Cat and Robert is the big question. Like, how does this – I love it. You love it. I love it. I, when I saw that trade, the first thing I tweeted out was – the Rudy Gobert cat front court is going to be a problem. It's going to be a problem. The thing about Minnesota is as good as they were last year, being a playoff team and then pushing the Memphis Grizzlies, Rudy brings exactly what they need. They don't need a guy who needs the ball. You have D'Angelo Russell. You have Anthony Edwards. You have Carl Anthony Towns. As far as putting the ball in the hole, you're good. You know what you do need, though? You need rim protection because as good as Carl Anthony Towns is, rim protecting is not his thing. And it's funny because before the Rudy Gobert news broke on our show, on our Sirius XM show, we were talking about the Minnesota Timberwolves. And I said at the time, I don't consider Carl Anthony Towns a five. I consider him a four. Lo and behold, they bring in Rudy Gobert. Now he can go back to his natural position. So what I like is the fact that playing with a guy like Rudy Gobert, and this is the one thing I can speak to about the experience of trust. When you have a guy back there that you know you can trust, it makes your defense better because now you are willing to take chances. You are willing to play passing lanes. It changes your whole defensive philosophy when you have a guy like Rudy Gobert to anchor your defense. Playing with Tim Duncan and David Robinson, I know that feeling. Oh, shoot, I got beat. You know what? They're right there. Rudy Gobert, what he does for that Minnesota Timberwolves defense to now balance out what they have on the offensive end, I think it's a match made in heaven. You went there instead of Jerome James behind you? Sorry. Yeah, I had to. I had to, David. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, no, I think Cat's a two. Uh, hey, amen to that. You are far off. No, I you are not two. far off. Like he's a seven foot one shooting guard. Really, what he is, he's good shooters. There's the league. AD, always great. We'll keep listening to you on Series XM on the NBA show. People want to follow you on Twitter. How do they do it? A Daniels thirty three. That's it. God bless you, brother. Thanks for having Thank me, David. You. Appreciate it. Thank you, AD. It was great.